I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Karen. Hey, Eve. Well, day zero quarantine, and I still don't have the virus. Good job. Thanks. You know, it's it's a feat when I teach, you know, 19-year-olds all day. Yeah, that is impressive. I'm surprised that your schools haven't shut down yet. Every other school in the area has. Yeah. We have a faculty meeting tomorrow. Hopefully they'll do make that decision then. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Everything, mm-hmm. like the school districts here, uh, the community colleges are all like either online only or closing campus. Mm-hmm. We finally decided to shut Disney down as well, which apparently like... Oh my so, God, I can't believe they weren't going to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, so, so last stupid. night at like 11 p.m., the governor was like, oh yeah, I guess we should declare a state of emergency. Okay. Also, Disney is exempt from this. And then there was an outcry today, as there should be, because why... Money, 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 money. Yeah, sure. But like, also, do you want to be the source of the plague? Like, that's that's what you want California to become? No, I don't think so. (laughs) So my governor just declared a state of emergency this afternoon. So we're a little bit behind the curve. I tweeted that I'd seen on the news uh, that a student at Roanoke College had tested positive and Roanoke College tweeted me and was like no they tested them we don't have results back yet oh god <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even tag them it, it, it's so funny uh, yeah I just got tweeted at by one of our listeners yes and it's kind of the funniest thing I've heard in a long time I'm listening she says I just realized the government is homeschooling me now. <laughs> yes. This is like... That's the, that's the title of this episode. The government, the government is, homeschooling is homeschooling me now. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen Pearlberg. Oh, my God. It's like the the dream of every like homeschool apocalyptic parent. Oh, yeah. Except the government is doing it, so it must be bad. And we have... Like, I, like this is one of those, like... Schrodinger's cat exists in both spaces, your brain is going to, you know, just like implode. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, (laughs) what, what, what I realized today while I'm self quarantining, not because I have coronavirus, but because I have a head cold and it seems like the thing to do. And you're also like, not the, you don't have the strongest immune system right now. No, I really don't. So anyway, but it occurred to me today as I was thinking about like, well, my parents must be super excited about this because we grew up on a steady diet of revelations. And I'm pretty sure that like Pokemon, we just caught all four of the apocalypse horsemen because we've got (laughs) we've got war and we've got plague and famine is happening, especially if you like assume the economy crashing is part of that and death. Is just a okay, thing. so you want to just like read this passage so that everybody knows where we're coming from? Yes. All right. Okay. So this is Revelation 6. We're reading the ESV version. 
because I guess it's probably the least triggery for you and the most triggery for me, and you picked it, so that's fine. It's just the one that came <laughs> up, honestly. We can it's, switch to, like, whatever. No, it's fine. No, it's good. I just Googled Revelation 6. <laughs> it's fine. ESD version. It's all good. The Seven Seals. Now I watched when the Lamb opened up one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the living creature say, Come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take, a, take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and his rider had a <laughs> and his rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for denarius, and three quarts of barley for denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. But no, a denarius was about a day's wage for a laborer. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been sl slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the member of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the night sky fell to the earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, <laughs> wait, the mountains were gone, and now they're hiding under the mountains? Um, I don't know how it's how that's supposed to work. It's, you know. It's, you know, this is the thing that everybody gets wrong about Revelation. Like, this is, like, absurdist sci-fi. Yes. Written by John when he was alone on Patmos, probably tripping his balls off on mushrooms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, when I when I read it again earlier today, like that was my first thought. I was like, oh, this is written by a dude who's just tripping like in you know, the middle of nowhere. Like, obviously, like liability stuff. I can't confirm or deny that I know what that is like. But um, <laughs> I just I just think that like it's it's something that 
when people do it, then they realize like how religions got started. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like you understand how your brain works and how you codify the universe into symbols and create stories out of that. And suddenly you're like, oh yeah, revelation makes total sense now. It's not literal. Yeah, no. But, you know, (laughs) for those of us keeping track of the seals at home. I mean, earlier this week I said we were on the sixth seal. But, I mean, we've had, like, famine and wars. So, I don't know. And, like, I can't speak for, you know, the the dead martyrs of the church. So we can't confirm or deny the, the fifth seal. Right. I think the sixth seal is going to be when, like, the big earthquake hits Portland. Yeah. Like, that actually, like, happens. So we're probably, like, on the fifth seal. And you know what's fu- so fucked up about this is, like, the whole, like, yeah, a lot of Christians are going to die. Everybody just, like, wait a little longer. We got to finish killing off the rest of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to die in this. But man. Right. And all of this is really like it's a race to who either dies or gets raptured first and like kind of fuck everyone else until judgment day. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this, so this is this is like not like uh, a millennial pre trib. This is post millennial post trib. So, right. Like the. We should explain what those terms are or say them all of the way. <sighs> Post-tribulation, pre-tribulation, a millennial, like, so, like, there's the idea of, like, the millennium, and we should talk about Y2K, because that connects, the millennium was yeah. supposed to be, like, when the end of the world was going to happen in the year 2000, and, like, yep. it was going to be a period of, tri- like, tribulation after that, that was going to happen, and, like, the rapture may or may not happen somewhere in there before all the suffering starts, but... If this verse is to be understood literally, then this verse makes a strong case for, no, all the Christians are going to suffer with everybody else. There's not going to be a rapture. It's just like whoever's dead already is going to be like chilling out, napping. Yeah. Waiting for justice to come or whatever (laughs) while they're dead. I just, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm like, I can feel myself like dissociating after reading that. Um, because this, this got treat like taught to us as literal, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I spent my entire childhood believing this was literally going to happen. And so the thing that has been like low key triggering me all week is watching this literally happen. And I have the little voice in my head that's like, oh yeah, there's like wars and rumors of wars and there'll be famine and natural disasters and all of these things. And that's how, you know, Jesus is coming back. And I'm just like... Shush. <laughs> right. No, it's like, so my brain operates better when the apocalypse is coming near. Thank you, Rachel, for explaining the fear brain stuff from that one episode. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, I don't like being back here because I was like actually making some progress on living without this kind of anxiety constantly. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about like, what was the last time you felt this panicked about the end of the world um honestly and i'm not saying like, that we are right now i'm just saying that like the general like that's definitely the public, general feeling pu- public hysteria yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, like, the thing that is closest to this scale in my mind is Y2K, really. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, I remember, like, watching the countdown and the ball drop being like, is it going to end? Is it going to end? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna... <laughs> What's yeah. going to happen now? Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, stocking up and preparing for, like, it was weird because my family, they kind of prepared and kind of didn't. So, like, we got a couple extra cans of soup, but mostly they were hoping the rapture would come. So we didn't, like, super prepare. So my family super prepared. We were part of this food co-op. So we got, like, mass deliveries of number 10 cans of Bear Creek cream and potato soup. Or, like, yeah, just, like, potato soup. Creamy dried milk shit. Um, So we had, like, five of those. And we ate that. Until I was like 16. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Y2K happened when I was 11. Um, so we did that for like five years. And then we got like tons of pasta. We got like, you know, buckets of flour and buckets of wheat. That's when we got our, our whisper mill for making bread with fresh milled flour. Ah. Which we used for forever. It sounds like a little plane landing. If you've ever been to the the Virginia Homeschool Convention in Richmond, like Breadbeckers, which is the company that sold Whisper Mills, would have like a, a stand in the corner and it would just like the noise would just fill the entire conference hall of like these wheat grinding machines turning on. Oh and God. Off every few minutes for like no. demonstrations. Oh yeah. So loud. Um, and uh, we also stockpiled water. So we had like three really big b- barrels. They were like up to my shoulder, like probably like four foot tall barrels that were just like full that we just filled up with the garden hose. And I don't know. There was just like lots of stuff we stockpiled. And my, I remember my dad building special shelves in the garage for it and stuff. It and it was all fine, obviously. Yeah. But I remember just being like, oh, we're buying a lot more at Costco. Oh, this is interesting. What's going on? Oh, we're worried about the end of the world. Thanks to like yeah. World Magazine talking about it. And I was like, yep. oh, okay. Uh, yeah. My parents were also super into Left Behind and all of those books at that point in time. So it was just fueling enough. it. Mine were not, which is funny. Like, I had to go to friends' houses to watch those movies. I never read the books. My first book crush was on one of the characters in the <laughs> Left Behind books. Wow. Which might also have been because my, like, real crush shared a name with the book character, so I was trying to, like, You not... were transposing? Yeah. Yeah, maybe... <laughs> and also like it doesn't count if it's a fictional character so like true yeah it's you're fine so oh, i kind of like long. vicariously had a crush on a person through this 
character in the book, which it was it was a lot to jump through my mind as a 10 year old. Uh, it's more confusing now. <laughs> we do a lot in our brains to like subvert the things that we know to be true that we're like determined to not be. Yeah. Because they're bad. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, reading that took a lot more out of me than I thought it yeah, would. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, like I need like, a second now. I thought now. I was going to be fine, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I need a shot of whiskey. Yeah. This is this is why I have cognac in my tea. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so let's, like, back it up. Your family were anti-vaxxers. Mine were not. Mm-hmm. How did your family... As, as your note in our document says, handle plagues. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we basically had to self-quarantine anytime anyone got sick because when you have like seven, eight kids and one of them gets sick, it goes through everybody and it takes like three fucking weeks. And mm -hmm. because there was no, you know, options for vaccines or even cold medicines, basically whenever anyone thought it would be cool to bring their fevered infant to nursery, mm -hmm. we were out for a month and it sucked. And all we had was prayer and like Vicks vapor rub and yeah. like oregano oil. Okay. And that was yeah. that was how we coped. And so I have a message for everyone with their fevered infants bringing them to church. Don't stop that right now. It's bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, my family, so we got chicken pox the day the vaccine became available in our oh my God. doctor's office. So my mom literally went in the week before and was like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's like, it's coming out later. Because I was like, there was an outbreak in our homeschool group. And mom was like, okay, that's fine. And then he emailed her or called her, because I get the, yeah, it was called her, because um, she didn't have an email at that point. He called her and was like, hey, you should come in today. We got the vaccine in today. And she's like, well, I <laughs> gave my children oatmeal baths. <laughs> So sorry. Uh, yeah. So my mom, my mom, like actually treated us. She um, did normal things, like gave us, you know, children's Tylenol and cough syrup and stuff. And she was very skeptical of people doing like oregano oil and stuff like that. Um. However, I did marry into an anti-vaxxer family. And they did, it's cold-pressed grapeseed oil, I think, was there, like, yeah. go-to for immuno, like, immunization, not immune, uh, immune system boosting. And so they did that and, like, drank grapefruit juice and, like, took shots of, like, kefir that was, like, way over-cultured. Way, 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 way over-cultured. And that was, like, how they, like, kept their immune systems up. And then if they got fevers, they just, like, wrote it out. So yep. I remember there were several times in college where, I, like, H1N1 was going around. I got it, and my boyfriend didn't, but, like, around that time he got something else, probably just, like, the regular flu. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, he had a fever for like three days. And he wouldn't take anything for it. And he was yeah. like delirious, wrapping himself in extra blankets to like help uh, burn away the fever. And I'm just sitting here being like, you're stupid. No, this is, is dangerous. Not. Yeah. Um, eventually, it took me a long time. A lot better. But it like took him, yeah, like, he wouldn't take anything for migraines. Like, it took us a long, long time to get him to, like, take one ibuprofen if he was having a mm-hmm. migraine. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, shortly after I left and whenever I got sick, like, my ex basically had to be like, you are allowed to take medicine. Please mm-hmm. take it. It will help you. It does not make you bad. It was a whole, like, process to get me to the point where I would take ibuprofen for my debilitating cramps like it was it was ridiculous <laughs> right now. like you, I would rather like die on the couch for like three days yeah oh my god so dumb yeah so one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of now is people being like have a lot like drink elderberry juice or like have a lot of elderberry supplements and do all of well, these okay, things like, all of the like elderberry is like a source of vitamin c so like yeah. the thing is with all that stuff is you can boost your immune system on a regular basis that's fine but once you have it there's no preventing you from coming yeah. down with it like yeah. none of that stuff works except as like preventative uh, measures yeah preventative measures i was gonna say prophylactic measures but yeah yeah so it's just like yeah, okay, I don't know what oregano oil does if that makes you happy, whatever. But that's not going to, like, keep you from getting it. Right. And it's not going to get you over it faster. No. No. I don't even understand why oregano oil is on there. I used oregano oil when I had an infection for two years because my parents said it was an antiseptic. And it does have, like, bacteria-killing properties. But that's not going to help you with the virus. (laughs) So don't do that. Get yourself like some Dayquil. Like tea tree oil, yeah, it's like bacteria <laughs> a little bit. But no, none of these will kill a virus. Yeah, no. None so of that, none of that is going to work. reaction. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the homeschooling is imposed on us by the government. Like, if yes. the government were to, like, institute free mandatory tests, how do you think these people would respond? Oh, my God, they would protest. Yeah, they would. They would, they would, they would, like, they would riot. They would... Like, HSLDA would activate everyone in the country <laughs> to shut that down because They're... we can't have the government administering educational oh tests. My God, right. Yeah, because like, it's like, I don't know, trespassing on your First Amendment rights. I guess well, the, the you know, constitutional and inalienable right of the parent to control their children's life and education, that doesn't yeah, but actually what if the exist, but does in the mind. Adults to do it. Uh, it's freedom of speech to refuse. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Because your body is speech. Right. I don't know. It would go something like that. And I just don't have the brain power to get into it. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think they would react very, very, very badly. I think, I mean, I asked some people like on my Facebook feed, like people who are still in touch with like the anti-vaxxers in their universe because I have mostly been blocked by them. Mm-hmm. You know, which makes sense. Makes I'm sense. spoken about stuff. But, so, one says, 
my Trumper doctor father is still claiming mass hysteria via my sister. So the dad who's a doctor thinks it's fake. Sure. Another shared by uh, an anti-vaxxer fundamentalist aunt of somebody. More babies will die by abortion today than all the coronavirus deaths thus far. No outrage, no news coverage, no one bats an eye. You can't see the face I'm making, but I'm making a face. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just like, uh, it's bad. Okay, and then God is using Donald Trump to save the United States and the world. Can he get an amen? <laughs> How? What? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Um, another mom is sharing wash and worship. Already tired of singing happy birthday twice through every time you wash your hands? So here are some hymns, worship songs, where one verse takes roughly 20, 30 seconds to sing. Amazing grace, be thou my vision, doxology, morning has broken, my song is love unknown, the Lord's my shepherd, this is the day, or you can sing the choruses of great is thy faithfulness, here I am, Lord, how great thou art, or you can say the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer two times. Wow. Wow. <laughs> What have what have you been what have you been doing to, to do your hand washing? Yeah, I just fucking I, like I do it in public in a bathroom I share it with students. So like, I'm not gonna. I just count. Yeah, you can just count. It's fine. Yeah, it's um, totally a thing. I have realized that I taught my siblings how to wash their hands by singing nursery rhymes. So mm. the thing that happens to me now when I'm thinking about it is I, like, go right into, like, Row Your Boat or Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. Because, yeah. like, I just, like, <laughs> remember holding my siblings' hands and, like, washing them while, like, trying to time it in a song. And I'm like, here you go. And so just all of that has, like, come back. And I'm like, okay, we could maybe do something else. Like, maybe we don't have to do Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I mean, we could sing <laughs> White Men Great Till They Have to Be Great. Like, sing Truth Hurts. Yeah. That would be my go-to. I've been listening to Gaslighter a lot by the Dixie Chicks. It's the new song they just released. I haven't heard it yet. I have been meaning oh to get to it in YouTube. You it's so good. She's so mad at her ex-husband. It's so great. It's amazing. I have an essay I want to write about it. Um, And then another homeschool mom sh- was sharing one that says, uh, it's like a, you know, artsy framed screenshot of a tweet. Since we are not to shake hands anymore, I propose we curtsy and bow as they did in the times of Jane Austen. Gender is irrelevant. Whoever bows first, the other must curtsy in return. Let the greetings begin. And my friend shares it saying, some of these are quite progressive. Gender is irrelevant. You heard it here first. (laughs) Like, I I shit you not. So um, we had an online version of our meeting at East Bay for Everyone this week because... Mm -hmm of the let's not have large groups of people together. And I was like, I think I'm going to bring back the curtsy. But I didn't, like, assign rules to how it worked. I just decided I'm just going to start curtsying. I just have so many mixed feelings about this. Well, see, it's funny for me because I have a beard. Right. I just (laughs) did a lot of homeschool cotillion and ballet, and I'm just like, no. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like going the Pride and Prejudice route is too much, but like, it'd be <laughs> really funny, funny for me to start curtsying. I mean, these 
these are the kids who are doing conjure dancing, obviously. Yeah. Okay, the last Clearly. one is my mother suggested homeopathic zinc remedies, which is like, oh yeah, that's right. No. There are people who like drink zinc and collodial silver. Yeah. I and did. I did when I had that infection. My parents did buy me a tube of zinc and a tube of vitamin E. Vitamin E is is great for, like, preventing scarring. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, like, with an active infection is not helpful. Uh, (laughs) I kind of want to ask what this infection is, but I feel like we would get, like, a a gross rabbit trail that our listeners might not like. You can tell me later. Yeah, Yeah. it was never diagnosed, obviously. Cute. Love it. Yeah, it wasn't staff, as far as I know. Homeschool parents, great assists. Right, yeah. So I it's made my like, child deaf by putting garlic oil in their ear when they had a serious ear infection, et cetera, et cetera. You et cetera. know, it's fine. These people should definitely have the full and unrestricted control of their children through adulthood. Thanks, Mike Ferris. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So, okay. You've been dealing with a lot of questions at CRHE today. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, a lot of schools everywhere have been shutting down for extended periods of time and sending kids home with schoolwork and such so that way they like don't fall behind and all that, which is great. And a lot of people have been asking questions about, like, what do I do? How do I entertain my children at home? Mm-hmm. What what does this look like? So at CRHE, we made a page full of resources. So if you or someone you know has been impacted by a school closure and you have a caregiver who can be with children at home, go to crhe.org slash C-O-I-V-D. No. COVID. I can spell mm-hmm. right now. I have a cold. C-O-V-I-D. <laughs> yeah. And we have a page that has like a list of things to do, tips like going to the library on your way back from the grocery store, uh, a bunch of games you can play that are educational and fun, YouTube videos and channels to watch, all of PBS. Like, if you have access to PBS, (laughs) go for it. They're great. Yeah, that was like my staple. Okay, I mean, I didn't really watch TV as a kid because I just like babysat while kids watch TV. Yeah, same. But... PBS is real good, reliable source for like 3 p.m. to 5:30 p.m. Your kids can watch like real G-rated educational content. It's great. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. You learn actual science. Like Bill Nye, that's the science how we guy, learn science is amazing. Because of Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and Miss Frizzle. Did I tell you? I met Bill Nye and I wore a bow tie and he complimented my bow tie and it is still yes, like my favorite that. thing. Did you it's know so I good. met Bill and I, and he was very charming, and then later, when I moved to New York, I was looking for swing dance places, and everybody was like, oh, you have to go to this one place. Bill and I is a regular there, and he's really good. I never Amazing. Got there. I never oh my got because they were canceled for the summer, but like, oh. I want I want to go to apparently, where Bill and I swing dances. Well, apparently he's also a regular at, um, oh, God, what's the name of this? Is it Glen Echo Park in D.C.? Where the swing dance stuff Amazing. there. Amazing. So, you know, go find, go to your local swing dance thing. You might meet Bill Nye. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that, so PBS was really good. 
I, yeah, this is just like so springing back so many memories. Everybody's like, how to yeah. work at home. Make sure you get dressed before you start your work day. And I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what you, do we you know have, about yeah, this I was life? Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you have two choices here. One is get dressed and then work on your med that you made, which is fine. And we'll counter these things will counteract each other or don't get dressed but never go back to your bed ever that day. And then you'll also right. be fine. Yeah. Like, it's one or the other. Yeah. It really is. Yes. Um, don't. Whatever you do, don't do things from your bed. I would also say, like, starting starting your day away from what you're supposed to be doing is really nice. I was thinking about this this morning and yesterday a little bit. I was like, I miss, like, my quiet times. Like, I miss, which is code for Bible study time. Yeah. Um, I miss having this, like, God is going to judge me if I don't do this thing where I have to take out 15 minutes of my day to, like, be quiet and read something and, like, meditate and pray. And I need some some sort of, like, impetus to push me back into doing something like that. But because it's really nice to, like, start your day with this. Yeah. Okay, I can't do anything else until I've done this. And I'm going to, like, center myself and be grounded and like read something and think about it and just like meditate and take it all in and then I can start everything else and then you know the rat race starts yeah like that's actually a very good practice outside of the you have to read the bible or you're right. going to hell side so of it so you're like a, an app person get headspace and do that but like yeah doing something like that really breaks things up nicely yeah popcorn's a really really good snack yes ideas where you like put refried beans on one quesadilla, you just like slather them on really thick, and then you put like salsa and tons of cheese, and then you make them that way. That's a great lunch. So good. Just super quick, in and out. Uh, what else? Go on walks. Go um, on walks. Yeah, a walk. Yeah. In the afternoon, like two o'clock or four o'clock or both. So helpful. Yeah. Yeah, walking is very good make sure you get outside that way you don't get stir crazy because mm-hmm. that's that's honestly the hardest part is like just just going stir crazy so you have to get outside somehow so go on a walk even if it's just to like around the block or something i think really what what it comes down to is figuring out what you need and then making a routine out of it and then never deviating from that routine like not never, but like trying not to because yeah. when you're in a routine, then you can expect what's going on and your day has parameters. And if you don't set that up for yourself, then you're just going to like end up on Twitter, like setting, setting yourself into anxiety spiral. Yeah, which is not fun. Yes, no. that's the other tip. Log off. Mm-hmm. Log off at some point every day and go do something else. Play a game, go outside, text your friends, call your friends, yeah. like... Find an online community that is doing fun things and, like, do that. But, like, leave like, Twitter <laughs> for, yeah, like, a bit. I would say, bit. like, create a Slack space and start working. Yeah. Be like, hi, guys. Just check again for this morning. I'm about to get started with work. Like, these are the five things I want to do today. And just, like, set it up so you have accountability. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, making your to-do list public somehow. And, like, not that you need to tell everybody what you're doing, but just, like, having a forum where you can just, like, chat as you go. Be like, yeah. hey, I got that thing done. 
On to the next. And they can be like, good job. Yeah. Get that dopamine. Get that dopamine feedback. It's great. It's helpful. Tiny, it's helpful tiny, for things. Tiny encouraging gifts from your friends is perfect for this. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just like, I'm so like worried for all the parents who have kids who are going to be out of school and like home with them and like if, regardless if they work at home or not like it's just gonna be rough yeah so, get lots of tiny snacks and don't be afraid of screen time they will not yeah them. yeah yeah also really? like i mean hopefully if you have time control, because that's like cop like apologia but like the rest of it is fine yeah 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 and if you have like time and spoons like Reading stories aloud at night is super fun. Yeah, and we like that a lot. That was like one of my favorite things. Yeah, that for us. That was one of my favorite things too. My mom would, she read us um, Moby Dick once, and that was oh, really wow. really fun. Not the like big giant unabridged version. I went to the library and checked that out when I was ten. But, uh, okay. um, like, the abridged, more children's version with pictures and stuff was super, super fun. And uh, also, like, the American Girl books, my mom would read mm. those aloud, and those were yeah. amazing. Yeah, so the Dear, Dear America Diaries, like, some of them are kind of racist, but, like, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. Um, my parents read to us the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, which, again, super racist, super colonialist apologia, but, like good stories for kids like it's i don't know it's yeah. if you're it's into the prairie up, pioneering yeah it's vein. fucked up and you have to talk about it and like recorrect things but like it is at that age level it's at the reading yeah. level my parents also read like the james harriet books which i found really fantastic um also like parents could read harry potter your parents could read harry potter except jk rowling's a turf but yeah yeah i mean you know, everyone is fucking terrible yeah, and problematic. So, yeah. uh, Charlotte's <laughs> Web. What other ones? My set of the moon. Uh, the last unicorn is really good. Mm-hmm. If you want to do like fantasy stuff, Witch of Blackbird Pond is amazing. The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these all these books. Like, there's so many. Yeah. So and you know your librarians will have suggestions as well. Yeah. So go to your local library and ask about what books they'd recommend for your kids' age and interest, and yeah. do that. Yeah. I, Just because yeah. you have to like socially distance yourself doesn't mean that you have to completely isolate yourself and can't see other people. Right. Okay. And here's here's my code up to all this. If at the end of all this, you realize homeschooling is a hell of a lot of work and it stresses you out. Think about how we feel about our parents still doing it. I mean, my mom's not, but like she was still for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe consider volunteering some of your time with CRHE because we need help. And, you know, that's like a practical thing that you can do to like help stem the tide of like, parents who should not be homeschooling homeschooling yeah yeah and honestly like one of the best things you can do as you are experiencing this is talk with other people about mm -hmm. it about what the challenges are and about what you learn and about like how 
oversight and like accountability <laughs> in this respect is important it, it because always, those are the discussions we need. Yes. It was always so validating to me to hear parents who were like college professors or high school teachers or whatever, like professional educators who were like, yeah, I would never homeschool my kids. I'm not qualified. Yes. That, yeah, yeah that made yeah. a lot of difference. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who now just have to homeschool and they don't really have a choice. And so mm-hmm. just do the best you can. It's okay if it's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be um, But we're style. here for you. Um, if you have questions, the, let us know. Yeah, the Coalition for Responsible Home Education exists. We answer questions like this all the time. Please donate and send us money to help support us in this endeavor because we are all volunteer. Um, and CRHE, that is. Yeah, CRHE is all volunteer right now. And uh, your donation helps us be able to do this and also like take care of ourselves as well. And do research. And do research. It's really important. Uh, okay, I'm tired. Yeah. Can we quit yet? Yes, we can quit. I'm sorry, guys. I know this is like probably really informative for you, but it's also it's a lot. Things. This this may be more triggering for us than other episodes because I've just been like in this. I've had like a little headache for like a week because it's like yeah, this is so intensely familiar. This feels like how I felt growing up as a kid. Yeah, and now and now we're adults and it's happening (laughs) right the nice thing about being out was like the rest of the world was sane and like calmed down and wasn't like expecting the apocalypse every five minutes and i was like oh like we can think about more than like six there's like life on the other side of this and now it feels real scary except for now all the rest of everybody else is freaking out just exactly the way we were raised to yeah we're like uh what now yeah come to think of it that's probably why i've had a migraine for three days so on yeah. that note, I decided to say fuck you to all of that tonight, and I signed a lease. <gasps> replace. What? <laughs> so I, I've been looking along my commute corridor, because my commute's like an hour and 10 minutes to school. Today it was an hour and 30, because I got held up in fucking construction traffic for a long time. But... um. Usually it's 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 long and it means I'm tired at the end of the day and I don't have a lot of spoons left to like do my other jobs that are necessary for me to survive. And um, on an adjunct salary. So yeah. this place, it's it's more expensive than my current place, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. But it's a tiny little um, like farmhand house that's been refurbished. Um, so the downstairs is pretty modernized. The upstairs is still kind of like out of date but upstairs are two tiny little bedrooms like 10 by 10 they're super bitty and mm-hmm. then there's like a big clawfoot tub and like downstairs like wood floors and a nice kitchen and some good windows and behind it is a creek and oh. I it will cut my commute in half oh my god yes so great so I can still like come into town for stuff and I can still go to work um, with you know a little bit of a commute but not not as bad as this yeah. And I move in April 1st and I'm like realizing just now that this is the first time I've chosen like a living situation, not like 100% based off of like necessity. 
or like some Amazing. program directing something. So like not because of my husband or like not because of my divorce and like not having money or like not coming for grad school or like a job. Like this is yeah. something that like this is for a job, but this is also for me and the space is beautiful. That's and I huge. Feel like it's what I want. That's so, so awesome. I'm a, I'm really excited and I'm also nervous and like I got to pack up and I got to find like a real desk and use my kitchen table that I've been using as a desk as a kitchen table again and all these things and like find a twin bed so that I can have guests over in the second bedroom because I will have space for yes wandering refugee quiverful kids and and you know my itinerant nomadic friends who who travel all over um or like visiting writers if they want to come stay for a week or so like it's gonna be good Ah, that is so exciting. (laughs) I'm so excited. That is so exciting. Oh, my God. See, happy things can still happen. Right. So this is me, like, actively choosing to not give in to all that, where I'm like, okay, so cool. Seems like the universe is blowing up. But, like, I'm going to sign a six-month lease for this place and, like, go from there. And, like, choose that the next six months, even if everything ends after that, is going to be, like, beautiful and happy and I'm going to have space. And I'm going to have a door in my yes. bedroom. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. 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 I'm like, my partner and I need... Oh, my God. That's other news. Um, my partner ran for Democratic Central Committee and won. She's one of 11. <laughs> of course she won. Uh, of course yeah, she won. Yeah. She's, like, in the top five, which is huge. Like, 20,000 plus people voted for her, which is amazing. So and uh, I think think she might actually be the second trans woman ever elected to this position which is also pretty huge That's so amazing. it's like very exciting adjacently personal news so Yay, good things good things are happening even though everything else is chaos so i guess the end note for this episode is find those little bits of good things that are happening choose in your life and like hold hope. on to those choose hope <laughs> choose joy like there's no other way to get through it yeah. All right. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Don't be like me and don't touch your face. Oh my God. I touch my face constantly and I've given Yeah, me too. I just can't. Yeah. It's. And uh, maybe stockpile a little whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. When you're out getting your toilet paper, also get. <laughs> there is no toilet shit. paper at Kroger tonight. <laughs> yeah, no. It's no, all gone. everywhere. Everywhere is out. I finally found tofu. There's been a two week run on tofu in my bodega, and there was finally tofu. So I'm happy about Congrats tofu. Congrats on tofu. Yeah. I don't have any tofu, but I have like Italian sausage and beef. I'm going to make Roberto. Yes. Do you know what Roberto is? No, but it sounds good. It's a soup that uh, Helen Rosner makes and apparently went viral this winter and I didn't make it, but I'm going to make Roberto now. Nice. All right, friends. All right. Okay. Take care of yourselves. Share, good luck rate. out there while we face the sixth seal coming up. Yeah, it's all good. If you like this podcast... Like, subscribe, share, rate, do all the things. You can support us financially on Patreon at patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. And email us your questions and your Yay! quarantine tips at kitchen table cult at gmail.com. 
The music on this episode is by the band The Heavens from their album Stenazzo, and our producer, as always, is Dave the Great. Thanks, Thank Dave. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.